Welcome back to Movie Trailer Reviews Podcast. It's your host, Chris, with Ro, Brandon, and um, is this officially Ava's first review? I mean, I know she's been around before, but like, we actually might hear her this time, so. Yeah, yo, yo, she's, uh, she's in, like, chill mode right now, so she's probably gonna, the sound of my voice makes her go to sleep, so she'll probably be passed out in a couple of minutes, but yes, this is her first film review podcast sit-in. She seems to be excited at the moment. <laughs> it's, it's either excitement or, is it, or she got a diaper change, right? Oh, I, no, 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 I forgot, I forgot. When she gets tired, she talks, she talks herself to sleep, too, sometimes. It oh, could great. be that. That's Ain't great. nothing wrong with that, Ava. You do what you need to over there in the yeah. corner. Just, you know, she could just be cussing us out, too, for all we know. Who knows? You know, that's what we're here for. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, we're back here, uh, and we are reviewing. Uh, we got a bunch of reviews. We take, we've taken some time off, and now we have a bunch of stuff that we were just talking about we're going to be reviewing. Um, first up on our slate today is Sylvie's Love. A woman's working uh, a woman working at her father's record store in Harlem in the late 1950s meets an, an aspiring saxophone player. Uh, is directed by and written by Eugene Ash. Um, what did you guys think of this film? I love Sylvie's Love like a lot, like a lot, a lot. I thought it was well done. I thought it was really goodly timed. I liked the story. Um, it played around with some tropes that are pretty standard, but it picked a time period and it looked at Black lives and all the issues that have to do with men and women and choice in unique ways that we haven't really gotten. And it still ended up being a positive love story with Black people. So, Oh, you mean it wasn't really trauma? It. You mean you can do it? Wait, wait. Because around this time, I think we saw Queen of Sin last year. You mean tell me you can, do a, you can do a Black love story and not be about trauma? Really? No, come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Yeah. What are you talking about? Mm. That's Ridiculous. Funny how that works. Someone on my someone on my on my Facebook page was actually watching um Queen of Slim today and they were like we were like five minutes in, they were like, Oh, five minutes in this woman's already annoying the hell out of me. I was like, Oh, it gets much worse. <laughs> like, wait oh, for oh, it. Oh. Just wait for it. Um I gotta say, I really appreciate Tessa Thompson's character uh, in this um movie, um, playing the role that um men usually play, which is uh being ancient up front. Um that's just great. I love it. I just it's I love the role of her. This is great. Talk about Tessa? I, you are hiding a child. What are you talking about? What are you talking hey. about? This is not the playing an ancient role either, dog. Right. Like, right. I watch Westworld. That's she played ancient role. Yeah, Little Woods. I mean, that's not really. I mean, can you really spoil a movie like this? No. Um, yes, no. you can definitely spoil Sylvie's love, and I don't think you should. Oh, Damn it. I mean, listen, listen. Listen, I, I don't know if you can spoil it. I know the deep hypocrisy of that statement coming from me. Right. I mean, like, <laughs> ma'am, ma'am, I'm, I'm like, first of all, first of all. But anyway, um, no, but I do, I do appreciate that because it's like, it's, it, I was expecting, how can I put this? I was expecting the men in this film to be way more ain't shit because of the time period. Um, and considering that they were all relatively decent. For 1950 time. I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Sure. Not her husband. Her mm-hmm. husband was ancient. Mm-hmm. Again, 1950 time? No. I, I, no. He ain't shit. He ain't shit. But like, comparatively to... He was compared, what? White people? No, what? no, no. What's the bar? The bar is niggas. And he met the bar. He wasn't beaten. Right. 
Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> not beating a woman is not the bar. Um, that is not for, the bar. Uh, for for 1950s for these time periods, unfortunately. Yes. I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not saying oh, listen, no. I am not I am not saying it is good. I'm not cheering that. I'm just saying for the movies we've seen before like this that's actually unfortunately Okay, cinematically speaking, that may be the dominant. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. See, I hate when you do that. I hate when you do that. I hate when you do that. I hate, I hate that. when you know what I'm talking about. And I you're going to walk know what back. you were talking about until you gave that last caveat, which is why <laughs> I walk back my anger just a little. Come on. Only a little. It was ain't shit, though. I mean, just he still he ain't shit. By her ankles and throw her in a box for the night don't mean he ain't shit. That nigga ain't shit. I watched all six or seven seasons of Mad Men. And Don Draper never hit anybody. He still was a piece of ain't shit right now. It's true ain't shit. All right. I you mean, so, no. I, I think I no, really no, underbelieve, right. no. especially movies that are in the hands of men and told from the viewpoint and for the perspective of men, underplay exactly how damaging emotional and psychological abuse, manipulation, gaslighting, and that type of shit is. And putting somebody else's pressures and expectation on them is. So... Well, he ain't shit. He's all the way around ain't shit. Even by 1950 standards as a black man, because I know plenty of movies or stories that could be told where they didn't have to bring that stuff in the house. And he brought all that trash in the house with him and spread it around the living room and then asked for dinner. Well, so. all jokes aside, I do appreciate the fact that they, there is, I've been having, I don't know, in a year I've been thinking about these kind of things. I've been been thinking a lot about how you know, that kind of trauma from either spouses or, in this case, even parents, um, uh, can really fuck up, you know, um, kids and 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 their their meanings. There's there's times in here where which has Thompson's character name? Oh, Sylvie, obviously Sylvie. When Sylvie um was like the way she was so deferential to her mom at some points, and I was like, yeah, that. Mm. This, again, reminded me of Evil Eye a little bit, even though Evil Eye is not a good film. It still reminded me of that overbearing parent who is, doesn't understand the damage they're doing to their, their child and the long-lasting damage they're doing to their child, and I do appreciate that Sylvie's love really does kind of show you that. And yet, it doesn't like... It doesn't do it in trauma porn kind of way that other films like this sometimes do. Um. And I really do appreciate that because I think these are important stories to tell and there is important to kind of show how damaging some of the stuff is um, without actually kind of leaning into it to the point of making that the only message you're trying to get. And so when you're in the film, there is like no happy moment or anything like that. Fair. Yeah. B, what did you think? Um, I, well, I would like to ask this question first. Um, what is the story? Because I don't think we've talked about that at all. We're just kind of going in on characters. We haven't I mean, even described like a woman. A woman. Did we not give. A, Sylvie, we didn't give us something. So, Sylvie's working at her story? father's work, uh, father's record store in Harlem, and she meets an aspiring saxophone player named Robert. Um, and it's a love story about this too. I mean, it, like, okay. I don't see. Here's the thing: I don't normally like doing like dramas like this. It is a good film, so don't get me wrong. I don't normally watch these kind of films. If, if it wasn't for like me reviewing it and doing this kind of thing and knowing this is around award season, I probably wouldn't watch this film. So I just think that this... Just, I don't know what else you tell about this story. I mean, that is the story. The story is a love story. No, that's, 
that's pretty much it. I think it's just more focused on, you know, the the trials of womanhood in that time period. And uh, that's a different lens and perspective we typically don't get with a lot of romantic love stories. Like even kind of looking at the photograph, I feel like they they tried to do a split. They, do, they did a better split between Lakeith and Issa, but I still kind of felt like, I don't know, they, they did a lot with her, but a lot of it was backstory with her and it was a lot directly with her. It's her mama. Came from, right. So with this one, it's actually about Tessa and I mean, immediately Tessa's working in a vinyl shop. So I'm falling in love with her character. Um, <laughs> she has attitude, she has spunk, she's Tessa. Tessa does not, never plays weak characters as far as I'm concerned. And I, I love that about her. I love the actor that they chose to play opposite her because like you said, he really wasn't ancient. I mean, he, like he wasn't ancient. He was a good dude. Um, he was an aspiring uh, jazz artist or, or whatever in a time where jazz was very complicated, especially for black artists. Um, you know, rock was becoming a wave. And I just, I like the way they told the story. I think the, the thing, I, the two things I love about this film the most are, it's so aesthetically pleasing. It is just a beautiful grade to look at for black characters for this time period. It is, it, it, it's so befitting. And then of course the soundtrack, like background music, the way they, they transition through scenes with that stuff. Ava also loved it as well. Um, she's saying it's one of the tunes right now. If you can't tell, <laughs> and I, I loved all of that. It it doesn't necessarily fall flat for me as a movie, but I think for some reason I I don't know why I I guess I expected more from this from the actual story. It's it's pretty straightforward, and maybe I'm just used to, to people doing too much with romance with romantic dramas sometimes and this one is just kind of just so in your like it's kind of right there in your face what it what's happening what's going on nothing crazy happens as far as i'm concerned nothing really crazy happens and that's definitely a trope that these films tend to lean on you know like like somebody's husband acts a whole ass fool or you know somebody runs off and they try to do this or do that and it, it just wasn't that it really was just the story of tessa's character kind of just finding her own lane and stop and getting out from under the thumb of expectations for women and just for men in general and being held accountable for mistakes for way too long, too harsh a punishment for it. That's, that's how I felt. Well, maybe, maybe what I was missing was just more story from the, uh, her, the, the co-lead character. And maybe that's where, well, I guess I felt the, like yeah. more focused, but it was more focused on her. So I'm not going to, it, I don't want to hold the film at a fault for that because I think we need to do that more in romance stories in a serious way. Sometimes romantic comedies and romantic dramas focus on the woman and it's goofy or it's silly, right? But this wasn't that. This really was like the struggle of being a woman. Well, that, and uh, yeah. not trying to have all, but trying to have your own. I mean, it's a really, it's an old, it's a really golden age of Hollywood kind of nostalgia, classic flip story. And you're right. Like, those movies usually aren't evenly split between the male and female character lead, but it's usually eventually rounded out around the guy. And this time, our main character is Tessa, so Sylvie. And I mean, the film's called that, Sil- I think Sylvie's Love. I mean, it's she's the cent- like right. yeah, she's the center of it. I mean, I, I guess that's also kind of why I make that you know I'm, I'm like, hey, the men were kind of ancient because it's like normally in these kind of films. It goes that route. It goes that over the top route. This film is very 
I don't know what the way to say small, and that is, it doesn't it, it doesn't need to go that way because it really is about Sylvie and 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 her love with Robert and these two who are in different parts of finding out who they are. But at no point, I when you when you have these stories, like, it usually goes to a part where one of them does something that's just so really fucked up and wrong, or they're so over the top, and you're just like, I, it usually takes me out of these. This is a very like linear story. It makes a lot of sense. It's, it's very you're very grounded. It's it's not a you know what it's you know what it's not it's not the Twitter story. You know that over the topness of of a of of somebody getting flown out for Twitter and things like that. It's none of that. It's very normal. And I it's think real. It, yeah, it's it, been it, a very, really long right. time since we have gotten a stylistic grounded story that's not rooted in some weird part of history that we are all really tired of dealing with. I mean, it's 1950s Harlem. Right. (laughs) She's in love with a jazz saxophonist who, by the way, um, y'all know who that is, right? Namdi, you know who that is? Hmm? One, he's the producer on this movie, so it's him picking Tessa. Yeah, I don't know who that is. That's Carrie Washington's husband. I wouldn't know that. My dad told me she had a black husband. I guess you do now. Thank you for clarifying. I hate y'all so much. He used to play football. He was a cornerback. Yeah. He's a That's producer. He's a he's a brilliant actor. He's a fan. He has a very fantastic sensibility. But he's a very cerebral guy. From everything that I've ever been able to see from any of his his interviews or anything. So I really kind of like the fact that they gave them this kind of building, compelling, you know. Uh, slow burn chemistry but that the story was really about the the various aspects of sylvie's love and it wasn't just about the fact that she fell in love with a man uh when she had obligations in her life that said that that's not something that she's supposed to be doing and i didn't get necessarily evil eye twitch from this chris but i did feel like her mama uh, and um felicia rashad from the other movie in the Bloom House, Blum House, <laughs> Black Box. would probably understand each other very well. You know, man, this uh, this twenty twenty has been a lot of things, but it's been the it's been the year of the ancient moms, man, <laughs> in movies. Ooh. The ancient the ancient cinematic mom cinematic universe is yeah. scary as fuck, yo. <laughs> it's highly notable the ways, <laughs> highly notable. But I I really felt like they kind of gave us some foreground characters. Who don't necessarily get centered in this kind of genre. I'm like, you know, and it's like you, you just get that little whole subtle women are doing it for themselves vibe from the beginning of this movie to the end, especially between her and the dynamic with her and her best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But it never takes away from that, like the just the smoothness and, and and like the kind of just a slight mid-century. And it is now proven if you never believed that we could have a costume drama that wasn't Victorian or Edwardian based, Sylvie's Love proves that you can actually do that. Because Tessa Thompson looks good in all aspects of this movie. This woman even manages to look good through the black back window of a ugly ass yellow New York cab. <laughs> right. I mean, but I mean she's also Tessa Thompson, so it's just like I don't care. The woman can ugly cry. It's not fair. It's just not fair. But yeah. so can Carrie Washington. So he knew what to look for. He was like, <laughs> damn. damn. I'm just, uh, I'm just. Like, I shouldn't have told you. I shouldn't have told you. Now he says what the wife was. I shouldn't have told you. Little, little tears, all teeth. Mm. 
have crescent moons with your eyes. <laughs> we are assholes. But uh, but no, I mean, his <laughs> mouth. Mm-mm. Nope. Look, nope. I love to be romanced. I love old Hollywood movies. I just I like the I like the kind of almost tangible feel and the permission they give you. But it's very rarely that you get a movie like Sylvie's Love. And I'm ignoring the two of y'all being trash over there about Navi's wife. I'm just what? going to ignore that. You started it. Well, no, you I don't did. get to And now I'm that. going to act like I'm above the fray. That's you what did I'm yeah. mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I thought it was joyful, it's tenderness, and it had sentiment that's very often not afforded to movies starring black people. Even patient. You thought I, it was what? I thought it was patient. That's a good and one. I, yeah. I don't. That's typically not something I get from films. This one was shot with a lot of patience. And I think the story development was patient. And it really allowed, especially for Tessa, it really allowed you to just kind of watch her character and absorb things about her. And since she's that dynamic an actress, it, it really just adds to the beauty of the film as a whole. Because yeah. I, could, I could have seen this being a silent film but you just wouldn't have gotten some of her great jabs and quips and such and her tone, which is what makes her so great. But this easily could have could have been like a silent film just you, off of the costume dress, well, the aesthetic, just her mo- the movement of the characters and stuff. Well, you would have picked up what was going n- on. N- I was about to say, I was like, not thinking about when you when you say that, I'm looking at it, I'm like, actually, you're right. You, you could do this. I, you could have muted the entire film, had it as a silent film, watched it, and it still would have been a great film. Because you would have yeah. understood everything in it, you would have gotten all the emotion, you would have gotten everything there, and I was like, "Yeah, that makes sense." Yeah, and I think the irony that Nandi is the more reticent and slightly stoic, and kind of under emoting in this relationship, I still think it really plays. I don't know whether or not people are going to think that it establishes enough tension for them because it's not used to it's not how they're used to seeing male leads in romance, well, they're not, especially. Well, they're not used to they're not used to they're not used to real love that's not drama like let's be honest here right when you think mm-hmm. about this story i think this kind of you, you know i think brandon hit it on the head when he was like you kind of almost like and i was the same way I'm, i was waiting for the other shoe to drop like and this is why i was like her husband's not her husband wasn't not um not you know, wasn't wasn't ain't shit dude Cause i'm literally waiting for like the big thing to happen i'm literally waiting for her to like get the shit beat out of her things like that and i'm like Wait, they're not going to do that? Oh, wait, you can I'm actually s- make a film. And, I, and I'm, I, I look, I'm, I, look, I'm not saying that the films need to do that. I'm glad that no, this one did. No, I'm sad like, that we're conditioned that that we well, all kind of sat with waited, bated breath for somebody to take their hands because, to a woman. Well, think about it. But, but think about it. How many times do we see a film like this that doesn't do that? Doesn't go the? Yeah. I, I'm gonna say it, the easy route. You know what it reminded me of? Remind me of when we were talking about um, uh, promising, pro- promising young woman. You know, same thing when you're like waiting for them to do like what they typically do with these films. And you're like, oh, wow, you didn't do that. Well, that's refreshing. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, it, 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 it's, it's a sad thing to feel that way. But I'm very, very glad this film did that because I'm like, it makes it just feel so much more genuine of a story. Like you watch the story going like, yeah, this feels like a real. This actually feels real. This feels like something that would actually happen. Yeah, and that's something that's made up for for a movie, you know. I mean, we don't often give women permission to to make drastic life changes or to put themselves first, unless we first made them have to be forced to suffer under these circumstances, just these circumstances. 
you know, uh, a lot of people could look at this and say, well, Sylvie got lucky. Every time you turn around, Sylvie got lucky. Sylvie landed on her feet. Sylvie should be happy. It's kind of like the overwhelming idea that people have that you should be grateful when someone doesn't teach you like trash. And I like the fact that the movie was very, it, it was kind of, there was a subtle consciousness of that kind of playing out. And um, the most emotional person with respect to their relationship, it may have come across was bitter, was ultimately the scene between Sylvie and her husband, like later into the movie when, you know, she's reaching the point to where putting herself first is exactly what she plans to do and why. Uh, we don't usually get to see that scene either. Not mm-hmm. unless there's been a scene where the woman's actually been physically or like so deeply emotionally harmed that we can all root for her making this life change. They don't usually give women permission to say, this is a mistake, I can't stay here, I have to go, unless they've first been harmed without being cast as a villain. Well, and I think that's also the point of the film, right? I mean, past just the love, I mean, you can look at Sylvie's love being not just the love story between her and Robert, but also just her kind of finding and finding love with herself and being able to do what she finally wants to do. Right. Exactly. And so I think that's why this film to me works so well because it, it gives you all these things that you, again, it's just so sad to say this, but things you don't typically see, particularly with a, a female lead in a film, unfortunately. Well, I think it's, I think it might be, and I'm kind of just been sitting here thinking about this, listening to uh, Ava's cooing helps me think sometimes. And, I think this is like you tell us being them, conditioned. You tell them, this tell them Ava, you, huh? I'm t- I'm I'm just agreeing with Ava right now. Yeah, <laughs> so, I um I think it's us being conditioned with characters of color in films like this, like black films specifically. Because when I think of like the the love stories or the romance stories, again, sometimes a lot of the times they're comedies. But when you think of them with with white actresses and they have drama, they are also put into situations where they have to think about themselves and. They kind of just go for their dream or whatever, and people treat them like shit in the film and do stuff, but ultimately they end up achieving it and they come out on top and they learn something, right? And there, if there's a dude in a way, he's usually a fucking crybaby about some bullshit, and they end up either realizing they need to drop him or he gets his shit together and stops being a, a crybaby or whatever. Like it with with with, th- with those films like that, we're used to th- the struggle is is more entertaining and funny, I guess, but it's not real, right? It's it's just overplayed, but we don't, I don't look at those films and go, oh, when's her husband going to slap her, right? Because that's not the, that's not the tension that they set up. But if I watch The Devil Wears Prada, that's not what's being set up. If I watch something like Morning Glory, that's not the tension that's being set up. So it's, it's, it kind of sucks that when I sat down and watched this, because it is so grounded and because it is so patient and because we have been conditioned to expect certain things, especially from certain characters from certain time periods to just do stuff. And we're like, oh, I'm, I'm so glad some of us have gotten past that, but we still got a long way to go. You kind of wait for that to happen. And with this, I wasn't, I, so there, there was maybe like one moment where I was like, oh, he's going to, and like, you can go into Facebook discussion groups and there would be dudes who would absolutely have applauded him for it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yep. and that's stuff that, that irks me when I'm watching this, because especially if you tell me, I honestly thought a woman directed this film. If you tell me that a dude directs a film like this, I know it's coming. It's going to be the back. It's going to be the most nigga backhand 
to freedom, make it to the north of all time. And I'm just like, here it comes. The, the civil rights backhand is coming. And with this film, I was just kind of more dreading that the the co-lead was going to be become jaded as a character in a very um, overly masculine way. Which what is, does what that they, mean? So like, throw, like, like dudes, dudes in films like this, if, if a woman is, if, if they feel, if they might be being led or if a woman has caused some type of conflict or there's some type of drama in their romance, you also have him struggling with his whole music career. There's a scene where like, he'll throw his saxophone at the wall, right? Or he'll throw a fucking fit and he'll just go off on her. Girl, it's cause I love you, but you won't treat me right. And dumb, some, some, and it's just a bunch of, bullshit and it, it you watch it and you're like oh but i saw that coming because when black men get angry they just cannot control themselves on screen but that did not happen with his character and i so fucking appreciated that because that is not reality for a, a lot of black men it's, there are a lot of black men who do that shit who absolutely act like fucking babies and throw tantrum because men are trash and then there are a lot of us who are just kind of like no, nah, bro, I'm not about to do all that. I'm not about to do all that to a woman. I'm not about to do all that as an adult. I am mad. I am upset. I'm confused. Um, I might not be making the best decision right now, but I'm not about to throw some shit at the wall and break dishes or make it look like I'm a violent person when I haven't been violent this whole film. In in yeah. I'm, I appreciate that he did that with his character. Like, my man was trying to do the best he could with with people lying and fucking around with him. And not necessarily Tessa, just other people you, in the you, music industry, because the music industry also, like men, is trash. You, you know but that's is. the other thing that I loved about this movie, is that they kind of played out, they gave you a real nice, subtle taste of what happened through the 50s into the 60s, as jazz went from being the thing and smoothing into what became the Motown sound and, um, you know, the Philadelphia Wall of Sound and all that jazz. And the fact that they, they still gave that, and that's where it re- revolved around, the, they gave you all these other different kinds of versions of what the darkness and the obstacles can be to you getting your happily ever after or you being able to find your happiness or figuring out what you deserve. But I also like the fact that they did that with Nandi's character because it showed the ways that he missed his windows. All these kind of, you know, moments where they just kind of slide past each other or like, you know, when she's seizing an opportunity, he's missed one. Because mm-hmm. he thinks he's got to go a particular way or because he's so laid back in the cut about things and trusting and she hasn't had the luxury of doing that. She's kind of she she recognizes that pivotal moment or she sees where she needs to make a choice. For both of them. Or else an opportunity that will never come for him again will be lost and or he'll end up squandering it because she's gotten an idea of what kind of man he is. I loved all those different aspects of that because that was what was really reminiscent of a good old Hollywood movie that they don't usually, those are usually not that, you know, we get the Brewster Brace version. We don't usually get, you know, uh, Tiffany, you know, Tiffany's. So all of those different aspects are what I really loved. And they didn't ever feel like it was secondary to the plot. Well, it's that, and there's also, you know, going to what Brandon was saying, I love the fact that with Robert, technically with Robert and also with Sylvie, they both have their own traumas. And particularly with Robert, and I think it goes with what Brandon was saying about 
what they typically do with men and and traumas, particularly black men with their own trauma, is it usually ends up having them at some point taking that out on the woman they they love, right? Right. And it and it becomes this whole well, he's this way because of all the stuff he's going through. And you just got to understand it. And like what they do with here is they acknowledge that Robert has this trauma, he has these learned, learned experiences from himself he's had to deal with, but at no point is it does he take it out on. Sophie, right? And or anybody we really. And so it's it again, sadly refreshing to see that in a film to acknowledge that like you know, and I think what it is. Again, this is what again, it it just so reminds me of when I see people talk about relationships on Twitter. Like this is what happens when you have a non-toxic really relationship and people able to deal with and talk about their feelings and and handle things like adults would. Um, and, and not be in this, and I'm not saying that they don't hurt each other or there aren't things that, you know, they do that, um, that, you know, uh, maybe not the best for each other, but it's not that overly toxic thing that you normally see, uh, with like pettiness and all this other stuff in there. It's like everything they do is because they actually care about each other. And you're like, wow, you have two people that are actually thinking about the other person even when they make these choices, even if they're the bad choice, they're still thinking about the other person and putting them first. That's amazing. I'm like, oh, that's what's called a non-toxic loving relationship. That's what actually love is, right? And so that's the thing I think that really kind of stands out about this film. It makes it so well on top of, you know, Tessa and Namdi have, have, uh, have uh, great chemistry together. Um, I love that my man uh, uh, Lance Reddick is in there. He just pops up in these films all the time. And I love it. I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. It's a good professor. That man is always protecting John Wick, dog. I, just, I, I <laughs> always just see him protecting John Wick at this point. I just, you know, I just, I just need him. I just need somebody to cast him for Professor X. Like, he's Charles Xavier. Come on, just, just go ahead and give it to him. Just, I would I mean, take that. I will take just, that just, casting. Just, just, I love Lance Ritter. Just, just if Christopher on, just... Nolan ever gets tired of using Michael Caine, even, you know, Michael Caine is <laughs> masterful. Lance Riddick could be the, the black replacement. I'm okay. Saying, yeah, can we? Do we have to choose? Can I not have them both? That sounds like fun. <laughs> right. Actually, that's what I want. I want the next. The two leads in the next film are Michael Cam. The next. The next Christopher Nolan film are Lance Riddick and um and, and uh Michael Caine. You know, just just go make it a buddy yeah. a buddy it film. Must be real, you know, good and damn well. If we can get a Christopher Nolan version of like two guns with Lance Riddick and Michael Caine, I'm all for it. <laughs> I'll, I'll fuck with that. Um, I think this film does a really good job of showing a different side of how black men deal with depression as well Mm -hmm. um, with Robert's character. And that was appreciated. Like, you know, if you feel if you feel like a fail, like the way people deal with feeling like a failure and like the anxieties of responsibility and depression and stuff like that, you know, they're just feeling like a burden. And I, I love that they were able to have the conversation of when a man cannot be the provider, right? Without it being vindictive or toxic. You know, what this brother decides to do, I thought that was an awesome way to handle it. Cause that's real, to me, that's, that was real, you know? And the way they, they kind of go through that part of the story, I thought was very enduring and interesting. So yes. like but that, as a, but as a thing. note to something you said earlier, I am glad that he did not, um, engage in any saxophone abuse because those are Selmer saxophones and they're beautiful and really freaking expensive. But yeah. yeah, no, I do you know I didn't know that this is only um Eugene Ash's second feature film. 
I mean, he's here to stay then. I hope. really sincerely hope so. Yeah. Good Lord. This movie is beautiful. Yeah. Have we, I mean, the production design, this, like the just. Yeah, just like top, from yeah from top down. This is this is a this is a, this is a beautiful film. I mean, this is this is a really, um, it 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 doesn't drag. It looks amazing. Um, like you said, you're able to get into that time period, um, and tell a beautiful story without having to tell, um, a tell a beautiful love story without feeling like you're dealing with trauma. Again, it's just. So refreshing. <laughs> so yeah. Refreshing. Have you guys ever heard the song "I Who Have Nothing"? Mm-mm. No. It's, okay, it's a Bond song, but um, I just felt like somebody took all of the like the 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 ebb and flow and the movement and the emotions of that song, and found a way to turn it into a fully formed love story about all the ways in which you have to decide to love yourself and figure out how you want to love somebody else best so yeah this is this is like one hell of a good song yeah no i um, i'm so glad you watched this chris i didn't think you would listen i mean you know i'm getting to the end of the year i gotta watch some stuff you know i gotta suck it up you're gonna you gotta you 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 get them when you can you know i'll tell you all shade i thought this would just be well, me and well, me. well to be well to be fair to be fair you put yeah. Tessa Thompson in, I'm going to watch it. So, I mean, just, that's all you got to do. You got you sprinkle a little Tessa Thompson in, and I'll watch anything. Maybe even a musical. <laughs> it wasn't just that it's romance, also a black romance. It's a double negative for Chris right there. Right, <laughs> right, right. I was just going. Right. Going right. I mean, back to this romance. Yeah, yeah. yeah black love? <laughs> and, and me? Come on, guys. I don't do that shit. Um, uh, but if this about... is what black love is going to look like, we could get you to watch more stuff, couldn't we? Well, I, you know what? Honestly, yes. Yes. No, seriously. If you're going to. If if it's more like this, and again, promote little Tessa Thompson in there, it's always a good thing. You're always going to give me to watch a Tessa Thompson film. So there's that. But yes, <laughs> these kind of films I'll watch. You know? Did we um? Did we talk about Eva Eva Longoria's character? Not I yet. did. I no. whole side story of fuckery and shenanigans because <laughs> that they that they gave you like a glimpse into. <laughs> Man. So much the trash. So <laughs> much the trash. The, the co-lead toxic masculinity and her husband was a bit vindictive but you know he could have been worse you know to attest to what chris is saying earlier he definitely could have been worse and would have been uh applauded for it but in a longoria's story that's where they were like we need to squeeze in some toxic masculinity here we go we could do it right here buddy here it is and it's <laughs> no. like no. but i mean i love the fact that they had her they showed the blend of what the cabaret scene started to look like and uh, you know, the other uh, people of color who existed on the scene. And l- let's be real. I mean, Carmen's your girl. What you going to do to keep her? Right. Right. Which is what made me so mad when Ava said that stupid shit on Twitter. I was like, oh, y'all haven't even seen Sophie's Love yet. And she ruining it for y'all already. Okay. Y'all you know, podcast film and y'all going to be like, oh, why this bitch here? I didn't say anything because I understood exactly why Carrie felt like she needed to get up and say something. I I, I, I knew as soon as Carrie was like, "Look, y'all." I don't know what you guys are talking about, but oh, Eva put her foot in it over the election, and you know, things. black women did a good did a good thing getting those. But it was really, really Latino women. women, and she was like, "Oh, that's not what I meant." It was like, "But that's what you see." Them's was your words, ma'am. That's what's your words. 
yes. But like, I mean, just Lorenz Tate popping up in this, uh, 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 Aja playing Mona, Ryan Michelle Bath playing Kate. Yeah, it's got a great, it's got a great secondary cast of characters in this film that you don't even think about. <laughs> um, it's a nice little, bl- it's it's a nice little trip through history. Mm-hmm. But I would like to see Declan Quinn's name up for cinematography. Yeah, you know, and whoever did costume design, like that, both need to be up. You know what? Now I want to know. Costume designer Sylvie's love, Phoenix Mello. I don't know you, ma'am. I'm sorry, Ashley. I'm just. I guess they're pulling fire trucks through our neighborhood, and Santa's there. She came in here sounding like Will Ferrell and Elf. Is that why so. I hear bells? Yeah, that's that's why you hear bells. Okay, I was just gonna, you know, you said Ash. I was like, I don't know what y'all doing, but cause don't do that right now. No, 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 none of that, none of that. That's how we got this one, I think. <laughs> yeah, she. I haven't seen. Okay, yeah. So her name is Phoenix Mello, and she's a costume designer. And I agree with you. We need to be talking about her. But is it is it her, or is it the fact that she had the the impeccably formed Tessa Thompson to drape clothes on. And Why I mean, not both? Mm. okay. Yeah. I'm not going to discount. <laughs> I'm not going to discount Why her hard both? work, but uh. I mean, I mean, uh. I mean, Nadi and Tessa are hey, beautifully made. So, so, so wait, so we, are you going to say what I'm, I'm I was thinking too? <laughs> nice. <laughs> No, 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 I'm sitting this on set, man. I'm on set. Right. <laughs> is this the film that Tyler Perry thinks he's been making over and over again about black love? Oh, yeah. yeah. This is what yes. Tyler Perry yeah. barely thinks Yo. he's been doing. This is what Tyler barely thinks he's been doing. Yes. yes. Black woman stuck with a brother. Another brother comes to her rescue. She finds her true brother. Well, first of, all, first of all, first of all, Tyler Perry watches this film and goes, there's no AIDS. So, um. Where is the no gun one? in the purse? Where's right. the comedy? Right. Right. Nobody's got a coke habit. Right. If it was me, I would have played ninety, and I would have played Robert. You know, because I ain't afraid to put on a dress. He'd have been trying to do the cabaret act like he was Ava Longoria. What y'all talking about? Oh, uh, he would have been. He would have been the whole band or some. He'd have been some... Mickey. Oh God. MC Light's character. He mm-hmm. wanted to be that bombastic. We are terrible people. We are terrible Why? people, but we're not wrong. Why? We're not wrong. Billionaire. Why? Why? I'm just saying. I won't hire no writers, but y'all can shoot y'all movie on y'all can shoot y'all movie on my light ass nigga. They probably did shoot down there just because, well, all encompassing. But yes, mm-hmm. I don't think you're wrong. I think that he thinks that he is doing this kind of transcendent for the for the community type work. Just like and I look, his work has its place, it has its niche, and it started on the, the Chitlin and the Gospel Circuit. I'm not going to discount it, but he ain't making no Sylvie Love. I don't care what he think you're doing. I would have replaced the jazz with a church choir. <laughs> okay, right. see, now that just made my whole soul hurt. 
All That's right. what would have happened. <laughs> All right. Out of 10, what do you guys give this film? I think it's a solid 8 out of 10. Yeah, it's not perfect, but I did not care. This is a this is a uh, an eight and a half out of ten for me. Yeah, I was gonna give it an eight and a half too. Yeah, we haven't talked about um two other films, but I feel like the like the trifecta of black films for this holiday season is um this film, uh, so- Sylvie's Love, uh, Ma Rainey on Netflix, which Jesus Christ. And oh, we need to do a wrap. So, I mean, and Soul. Yeah, Soul. Soulless? Soul? Soul? Soul. 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 I mean, I, I, this, I'm not going to lie. For me, this year is not a trifecta. It's not. They, they, we have gotten abundance. 40-year I mean, version, Ma Rainey, Sylvie's just, Love, One Night in Miami, Soul. I'm just thinking the ones you could have put in a box set together, all jazz-filled. Okay, I'll give you that. Then, well, that still puts forty year version back in there for me. But you know, rap jazz, Raz? I hate you on such a deep level that it's it's morphed into love. I guess I hate you, Brandon. Fine, if you're going for sensibilities, yes, that's a trifecta, and you need to be ready for all of them because they're gonna kick you in your emotions in all different places. Yeah, soul was way deeper than I thought they could get, but I, I can't oh. wait. That review because that's that's my that's that's I have my favorite Pixar film is Wally and my second now is Soul, like that just this is now it, my that is it's now my second favorite. I, yeah, Up oh, is still my first. Well, I, gotta favorite. Watch, I gotta watch it now. So my it's on my list of things is in my queue. Um, so I'm so Ro and I are eight and a half. Brandon at eight. Cool. Um, this comes out on to. This is another one. Look, I think everything drops on the twenty fifth, isn't it? Yeah, it's a Christmas move. Yeah, uh, I think they move this back two days to the twenty seventh because they're not trying okay. to um, fall off. They're not trying to get buried under Wonder Woman noise. But that makes sense. Uh, well, it's, it's not just Wonder Woman noise, but there's a lot of it's either the tw- it's either being released early or it's hold on. I think it might be the twenty third now. Hold on. Maybe it's the twenty third. I, I think it's the twenty third. It yeah, it's being moved to December twenty third. Okay. All right. Please um, don't miss this movie. I mean, do not miss this movie, please. Amazon Studios has been doing some really good things for black folks. And if we want to still see them keep buying like this in the future, watch the good movies they give us. And Sylvie's Love is most assuredly one of them. And then turn right around and watch One Night in Miami. Yeah. Man, niggas are not ready for that shit. That's a great great film. Great. (laughs) That shit. Yeah, there's, Look, there's, and if yeah. You, I mean, you can have your whole Christmas week just be Amazon Studios. Watch all the small acts films. Watch Sylvie's Love. Watch One Night in Miami. You got you know, it's just nothing but black stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, listen, a- Amazon Studios. Everybody's talking about all the other streaming wars. Amazon Studios is not playing right now. Amazon is a bunch of bullshit. That, and I think that's what with Netflix, they literally buy everything, mm-hmm. so you really can get caught up in scrolling just to be scrolling on netflix amazon don't have a bunch of shit for you to scroll amazon be like listen this is what we got um we're still working on like our gui and shit so these are the films these are the shows you care about <laughs> these are the films you should care about and uh we'll see you all next year peace out and but but let's that- be real if you take some time to scroll you'll start to see they've been silently making some real nice deals to slide some stuff in your queue mm-hmm. like don't yeah. they have don't they just doesn't A24 just go right to Amazon when it's done with its I run? Be, it might be now. 
believe so. Yeah. Which is so, that's just that's just smart. Yeah, like, it's very smart. But they made some really savvy buys out of South by and Sundance and TIFF in the past few years. And we are about to reap the benefits of all of them. Especially this year. Um, you know, if you like you're not gonna just be standing Regina King by the time you're done with one night in Miami. Bro. Like, I don't know. She sent them niggas to the library she to did. watch all or something because they was on it. Yes, but then she going but Eugene about to turn around and remind you what a healthy relationship between two grown-ass black people look like. He's also about to remind you what supportive friends look like for black women. You know, don't sleep on the relationship between the two lead women in this movie. I look forward to the clubhouse conversation surrounding all of these films being released this holiday season. They- uh, I'm not in a clubhouse because I love myself and that seems like really bad self-care. No, it, um, so I've been on clubhouse for the last four days. You make a clubhouse is I, I've heard I hear people use this term all the time. It, the platform is what you make it. It's actually truth to clubhouse. Okay. Okay. And they're making bullshit. And then there there are black professionals in tech, um, marketing, finance. They have real discussions. They moderate well. It is like attending a panel and you sing, you listen to these people talk about things. They did um they did Lovecraft Country the other night and Misha Green popped in. And the, produ- the producer popped in and that whole conversation was dope. Like they just talked about things they were doing behind the scenes, decisions that they were making, things you, sh- you were supposed to get from certain characters, stuff like that. It was just an open panel conversation that they had. And like, that's the stuff that happens. It's like the second or third room I've been in where the people behind the scenes or the creators just decided to show up and become moderators. And it turned into a panel and it was very respectful. And I learned a lot. So all right, all right, all right. Well, I trust your opinion on such things. No, oh, it's, a, it's, it's a lot of black Twitter fuck shit. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So, like we were saying, check this out when it hits on the 23rd. Uh, also, make sure you guys subscribe, movie trailer reviews. We got a ton of reviews we're going to be doing. We got a ton of stuff in our queues. And I'm off for another week. So, I got plenty of time to actually catch up on things. So, Make sure you do that. And if you're premium, stay tuned. We got stuff coming out on premium as well. We're going to have a, a spoiler review of Tenet. Uh, we'll also have the review of the spoiler review of the first three episodes of The Expanse. Um, this weekend, um, Deepom and I will be talking the um, Miles Morales Spider Man game. And I think there's something else we're going to be talking about as well. What else do we say we're going to do a spoiler review? Oh, <laughs> Yeah, we have Antebellum and Fatal coming up soon also on spoiler review. So the Antebellum one I think is gonna be a it's gonna be the one you guys wanna see. You guys wanna because mm. I, I haven't even we haven't even seen I haven't even seen it yet, but I just feel like I just have a feeling that it's gonna be up there with like ah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Not the movie, but our review. Um just stay tuned for that. So <laughs> um, all right folks, thank you very much for listening. Until next time we're out of here. Peace.